Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Grit Per 60 podcast. The sun is a deadly laser edition. Sun is a deadly laser. My name is Connor Farrell. You can call me TC, and I am joined from the Ocala Gazette. Hey, everyone. Uh, this is Brendan, also known as TCJ. How are you? I am wonderful. I did not like staying up for that game last night, but I did anyway. Because they decided, I understand that they wanted to wait until night, and they should have scheduled it at night in the first place. But nine p.m. local time? Did it have yeah. to be nine p.m. local time? You mean twelve p.m. Eastern? We couldn't couldn't have been maybe eight p.m. local time. I don't. I don't know. I mean, that's still not great. That's still an eleven o'clock start our time, but. Not- well, I think the the one thing is that the landscape looks better in the daytime. Yes. Well, that's absolutely why they scheduled it for when yeah. they did. Like, but... people aren't going to be hanging out on kayaks on Lake Tahoe at night. Correct. But, but it's still... You also can't... You, you have to schedule it for a time when you can play the game. I think that's pretty important. Being able to play the game, you know? Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is that, like, the angel does this thing where, like, it does something cool and then somehow finds a way to ruin it. Yeah. And somehow managed to do that within, I don't know, an hour. It was like, oh, hey, there's a game at Lake Tahoe and it's really cool. And then an hour passes, like, we regret to inform you that the game is not playable. Do you know where, do, do you know how um, Santa Clara compares as far as, climate to lake tahoe because they, um, they had an outdoor really game sure. in santa clara didn't they yeah they had an outdoor game at levi stadium so it's like yeah it's santa clara they had, they had one there they also had uh one at dodger stadium too but that would be la and those games were at night those games were at night yeah did they have any weather issues i don't think so shocking but so I posed this question on Twitter and I didn't get any responses out of it, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't quite understand the question. Well, my thought was, all right, so the NHL has this game set up. Basically, you know, they made this setup not because it's a, a stadium, but because it's a, just a really cool location. And so I was like, what if, regardless of sport, so it doesn't have to be hockey. I was like, what could other leagues do to create like a similar type of game? Like if you could create a matchup that's like the event that the NHL put on at, at Tahoe and you could do it anywhere featuring any two teams, where would it be? And what would the matchup be? Does that make sense? I think so. I'm just, I'm brainstorming because I wasn't prepared to answer this question. Like my mind, give me, uh, if they can somehow make the space, give me Washington football team versus Dallas Cowboys on like the national mall lawn, you know? Okay. Yeah. One of my friends who went to um, George Washington university um, actually did his like intramural soccer games on the national mall. See, so it could work is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, doing an intramural 
soccer game is a little bit different from playing an NFL game. Basically, I just want to I just want to know if the patches of lawn are enough space. You know, if they're long enough. Maybe. That would be the only. I don't know if it's a real obstacle. enough. Yeah, that too. But I don't know. I feel like they could find. You might a way have to, to do a work. little bit of renovating, but I think you can make it work. You know, uh, or, or temporary uh, renovating. I was also thinking of uh, North Florida landmarks to do because that's just you know where we're Ooh. from. And I was like, I had two thoughts. I was like, put it Pains on. Prairie. <laughs> no, I wasn't what I was thinking of. There's no chance of that happening. I, I had two thoughts. I was like, what if we put a game. On the shores the of fort. the St. John's River and did it in Lot J of the Jag Stadium. Wait, wait what? Because the St. John's River is kind of cool. I don't know. And I mean, come on. Lot J is just a giant lot. I mean, there's nothing else going on there. It'd be better use of space than um, Shot Khan's plan. Or other idea. Baseball game in the fort. I was going to say something to do with the fort. Absolutely. Baseball game in the I don't know if the fort's big enough to do anything other than I mean even baseball's kind of I guess it might softball maybe just for size. My other uh thought was unless you do it in the lawn outside the fort, but that's I, less fun. I'm sure you could put a sporting event on somewhere in Disney. Oh, you mean like Disney's wide world of sports? Yeah, but like that doesn't count. <laughs> you know like you want it like by the castle yeah like somewhere next to like a, a disney landmark those were the only like florida things i could think of but hmm. well i was thinking mario golf but like at an actual mountain <laughs> okay you know you know what i'm saying like not not on a golf course near a mountain just dig a hole just dig 18 holes Stick flags in them around mountainsides that are untamed. I don't think mountains are conducive to golf, Connor. That's what makes this fun. What happens if you shoot one off the mountain? Is it just a free drop? Yeah, I mean, I guess you'd have to set some sort of boundaries where if you shoot it past this point, you you get a stroke penalty and you drop the ball. Another idea, you could probably do hockey at Central Park. Probably. And I, I do like the idea of the NHL doing more of this kind of stuff in the future because mm-hmm. the thing with the stadium series and the Winter Classic is that they've kind of run out of the good stadiums at this point. <laughs> Ooh, what if you did something in New Orleans near the bayou? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where the space would be for that, though. I just want an excuse to go to New Orleans. Yeah, there's uh, maybe not for hockey, but because um, like there's not like a, a reason for a hockey game to be there, right? I don't know. But anyway, your answers so, in the comments below. What are we missing? Yeah, yeah. If you saw our tweet and you know forgot to respond to it, or you have an idea now, uh, go do that. But again, I do like the idea of the NHL doing more of these types of games in the future. I don't really know if they can, though, because I'm assuming as soon as they can have fans back in the stands, they wouldn't do games where they can't really, you know? Mm-hmm. So what, what, what was your, did you have any takeaways from the game? 
the hockey itself. The actual hockey itself. I mean, not really. I mean, I thought it was a really good game by the Avalanche. I thought they managed it really well. Um, but yeah, I was really just more so focused on the spectacle itself. Oh, oh. I I was really impressed by the Avalanche in particular. I mean, Vegas Vegas played well. Vegas had their moments, but I thought the Avalanche really did a good job of controlling, um, controlling the puck and controlling the space, particularly defensively. You don't get a lot of too many teams that are that um, that solid defensively. And I, th- I thought they did at least in the first and second periods. Um, they did a really good job of keeping Vegas to the outside. Uh, they didn't, Vegas didn't have too many chances in, in close. Um, they did have that, that goal, but the goal was the first, their first goal was a rebound um, opportunity. It was kind of a interesting bounce in front. Um, but it, then it wasn't until their second goal um, later in the game, in the third period when Vegas really started to have some pressure because they're behind and trying to create chances that they started to finally get to the front of the net. So I was, I was really impressed with Colorado defensively. Um, and of course, Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr, just unfair. Um, I will those, say, those are my big takeaways. I will say that Colorado did a very good job of overcoming Vegas's horrible sweaters while also wearing <laughs> the best ones. The best sweaters? Yeah. Those, I think we're uh, those pretty were pretty much in a sorry no go ahead uh, so i think we're pretty much in agreement which reverse retro jerseys are are cool and which ones aren't and colorado's reverse retros are probably my favorite ones i will admit i'm very biased and i will hate anything that vegas does but like i don't know who wanted to watch a nationally broadcast game where vegas is wearing red and those weird gray helmets yeah, nothing about it matches. And then red doesn't work for it because you're the Golden Knights. You can't wear red as your primary color. Exactly. I mean, that's what bothers it's, me about their home jerseys, too, is that they didn't guess, have a gold jersey until their third jersey this year. And the other thing, too, is if you're going to try to make it retro and it's your, what, fourth season in the league? Yeah. What are you th- making it retro to? So it's a throwback to, I believe, uh, the Las Vegas Thunder. Oh. Um, they were a team in the International Hockey League back in 1993. Nice. They lasted until 1999. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's what the, the actual jersey design is, is what the Thunder wore. They just made them Vegas colored. Yeah. The other thing I noticed from um, from their game is I, it didn't look like the goalies were tracking the pucks very well, uh, particularly on um, Colorado's first first goal. Was uh, it, I think it certainly knuckled a little bit. I don't know. I don't think it deflected, but it certainly seemed to knuckle a bit. And I don't think Flurry got a good read on it. And then Vegas's first goal came off of a deflection. I don't think, I don't think uh, Grubauer tracked it very well, but he was in the right position. So he got, he made the save, but he didn't, he didn't make the save in a way that he could control the rebound. 
and that ended up in the back of the net. So I will say that Alex Tuck goal, uh, Vegas's second goal, that was a really nice goal. Yeah. Yeah, a bit of a spinorama down in front there. I also forget who it was, but uh, Colorado's game winner, that was just like a bomb. That was that was a really nice clapper. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And Nathan, Nathan, as long as we're talking about goals, might as well talk about all the goals. Nathan McKinnon's goal kind of perplexed me a little bit because it, the first time I saw it, I was, I, it looked like he had just like was throwing something on net and it went happened to go in. Right, that was another one where I was like, I don't know if Flurry tracked that one that well. Um, but then as I'm watching the replay, I'm like, oh, he sniped that. He went top corner on that. I should be giving him more credit than, than it. But it looked so casual the first time he did it. And, and like I say he looked casual, but he was definitely using his speed to get into the right position. But it just like, yeah, I'll throw this one on there. And he, he's sniping it. I guess the, the best players make it look easy. Yeah, so did you have anything else you wanted to mention about the outdoor game? Um. I will, I will say we're recording this on Sunday before the second one, unfortunately, because I know you would like to talk about Flyers Bruins, but Ooh, what we can do is we can do a fun prediction game where we can make predictions and then it'll come out. So what'll happen is this will come out after the game is already played. So whenever, whenever people are listening, they're like, we already know what happened. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, I got, I got you. So we can make stupid predictions and then people can laugh at us. Okay, go for it. Bruins win 3-1. See, I was going to say, it's still hard because like the Flyers have just been like PDOing their way to victory lately. Uh, and they'll basically have to do that because all of their good players are out today. So I'm going to go with Bruins 4-1. How about that? Okay, okay. I'm, I'm trying to think who I... James Van Riemsdyk is going to score for the Flyers. No. Joel Farabee is going to score for the Flyers. He's my one Flyers goal. Okay. So, not, oh, one, not one last done yet. thing. Oh, okay. No. Not done yet. Here in a hurry to move on. I'm going to say Marchand fights. Oh, who is. Who's actually playing in this one? Yeah, Marshawn fights Couturier. Why not? Make it happen, hockey gods. I don't know if I see a fight in this one, but have fun with that. I'm trying to have fun with these predictions here. <laughs> okay, oh. move on. Um, I will say, as a Sharks fan, yes, I am disappointed that San Jose wasn't invited to play at a game that was being held closest to them. Yes, the game is technically in Nevada, but it's like, 200 feet away from the state line and San Jose is still closer than Vegas. I get that San Jose is neither a big national market or very good, but it's still disappointing because it's right there. Well, it's not right there, but it's, it's there, you know? So. Well, and the other element of this is, is the Sharks haven't had a home stadium in the better part of this season. 
Well, they're actually playing at home now, but well, yeah. I mean, even now, even though they're they're allowed to play at their home stadium, they're on the road again. Like they went home for like one game, two games, I think. So they're just gonna have a massive home stand at the end of the season. Yeah, it's like they have like an eight game home stand coming up, but it's against all of the good teams in their division. So I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah, they play two games at home. They're one and one at home, six, six and two on the road. Hmm. Let's just ignore their four and one record in shootouts. Hey, points are points. Yeah, but they have they're gonna lose all the tiebreakers. Not that they'll be in any tiebreakers other than for draft position. So I guess they'll win those tiebreakers because they only have three regulation wins and three regulation overtime wins. So hey. There we go. So the other thing that happened on Saturday that I wanted to talk to you about is Connor McDavid. No, but we can talk about that. <laughs> um, the, uh, I was going to say Sidney Crosby played in his 1,000th game. Oh, yeah. I know that's Happy Birthday by the Beatles, but that's what they would play during like the birthdays and announcements and anniversary things at the Suns games. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, congratulations to Sid. Yeah. Um, But I I do want to say that uh, my biggest what if when it comes to Sidney Crosby is if he just never got the concussions in the first place. Mm. Like 2010-11, he had 66 points in 41 games before getting injured. Came back the next season, only played 22 games, but he had 37 points. And then in the next season after that, he had 56 and 36. I mean, he was playing out of his mind. He just couldn't stay on the ice. Yeah. Through no fault of his own, by the way. Yeah. Well, and it doesn't help the fact that when you're a player of Sid's caliber, people are going to try to throw you off your game. And usually that means being physical and throwing the body around a bit and that's not something that necessarily at least early in Zed's career that um he, he dealt well with i don't think um or i guess that's not the right way not something that helps his game right Sid isn't a very physical player yeah i mean he's also only 511 right and if you're already dealing with with injuries and you're not that big players start to, to throw the body around on you that can that can take a toll on you, you know, but it is, um, it is good for him. He's got this long career anyway. And it's this, this longevity that a lot of NHL players don't, don't get. He's also still only 33 years old. Yeah. And I've got a, I don't know. I just, it's, I feel like I spent a lot of my childhood watching Sidney Crosby. So I think it's really cool to see him hit a thousand games and mm-hmm. still playing really well with the Penguins. And do we have the numbers on how many players have reached a thousand games? I do not. Um, but I will say that a lot of players in this era are going to get screwed out of uh, these records that are just 
pure volume Mm -hmm. because i mean as a sharks fan like everyone has their eye on patrick marlowe surpassing gordy howe he would have beaten gordy howe already had you know the nhl not had uh you know missed an entire year due to a lockout and then another half a year to a lockout and then last year another you know quarter of the season or whatever because of the pandemic right right and then even missing some time this year because we're only getting 56 games instead of 82 yeah and i don't i don't know if there's a solution to that on the horizon just because i think we kind of just expect labor disputes to be part of the process now no oh, just uh, every few years that's gonna be part of the, the, the process you know it looks like there are 350 players who have played their thousandth nhl game so that's a bit more than uh than i had anticipated yeah just a little bit more um yeah, so Sid's at a thousand. Shea Weber played his thousandth game on February second. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Um, other active players include Ryan Kessler, who has a thousand one. Uh, Zach Parise at a thousand fifteen. Um, Miku Koivu, who I think just retired, uh, at one thousand twenty-eight. Joe Pavelski at one thousand thirty. Mark Edward Vlasic at one thousand thirty-five. There are a bunch of sharks on this list because they all just get old and never leave San Jose. Uh, but yeah, and then you've got, you know, the really old guys like Patty Marlowe, who's at 1,723. He's coming up on Ron Francis here. Um, actually, I don't know if this counts active NHL players. Marlowe's somewhere in the top five right now. Um, and Thornton obviously is up there too. Chara is pretty high up there as well. Well, yeah, Chara is ancient. But yeah, so you want to talk about Canada? Yeah, a little bit. I, I mean, I feel like if we, um, you know, last week we kind of shouted out uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I think it, I think we have to at least shout out Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner at this point because they're their points totals are insane. Can we like cordon off the Canada division when it comes to awards this year? Like, Oh, (laughs) I'm sorry that the rest of the league doesn't get to play against the Canucks and like the Oilers and the senators. Nobody plays defense in this division. No, nobody plays defense. It's just all offense all the time with no breaks. Austin Matthews has 18 goals. Nobody else, nobody has more than 12. Right? Like, it's stupid. You have to go, oh, man. Like, almost all of the goals leaders are in the Canadian division until you get to a tie for seventh place. Matthews, Marner, get... Dreisaitl, and McDavid are the top four in points. I read them in the reverse order. And then even you got Patty Kane, but then you got Mark Shifley right after. So it's five of the top six are all in the Canadian division. And then Brock Besser is also in the top ten. Stupid. Well, you know what's going on is the uh, there's no goaltending in that division either. Except well, for Carey Price for... and 
Connor Halbach. Our boy. Even then, Carey Price. I don't know, man. Hey, he's going to start for Team Canada in the Olympics, so watch yeah, that's out. That's going to be the uh, one flaw Canada has, that they don't really have many good goaltenders in the pipeline. No, they've got Carter Hart in the pipeline. Is he one of their three best goalies for this upcoming Olympics? Yeah, but even Carter Hart hasn't been good this year. Hasn't been bad, but he... look, look, the kid's what twenty-two. The best Canadian goalie this year has been probably Mark Andre Fleury. Mackenzie Blackwood's up there too. Eh. Yeah, Mackenzie Blackwood still doesn't get me like excited, though. You know. I'm not going to go, hey, let's watch this game. I hear Mackenzie Blackwood is starting. He's a quality young goaltender. You, of all people, should appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know how to explain this because goalies are weird. Oh, absolutely. But I don't know. There's just something about Mackenzie Blackwood that I just am like, maybe it's because he plays for the Devils. And, you know... The Devils. But I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, I hear he's good, but it's not like, oh, that's exciting. That's someone that's going to sell tickets. But yeah, so getting back to the the uh, North Division, I, it's the Canada Division to me, or the Canadian Division. Yeah. I will say it's been really cool for one year. I don't think it's going to happen again because of all the travel that would be involved. But I mean, I think there's always something happening in the Canadian division. There's always something happening. I don't know if it's just the whole Canadian media thing where everything that happens to a Canadian team is important. But I mean, even last night, there's an outdoor game going on and all people can talk about is Connor McDavid putting up five points against the Flames. Put up five points in a natural hat trick. Yeah, I mean, come on. Was it who was it against the Flames? Yeah, it was against the Flames. Oh, it was the battle for Alberta. Yeah, of course it's going to get highlights. But I mean, it's of course it's going to get headlines. I saw this on Twitter, but like the Twitter wars when it comes to end of season awards between Oilers fans and Toronto fans when it comes to McDavid versus Matthews. That's going to be a bloodbath. I'm going to have to leave Twitter for a little bit. <laughs> It's going to be unbearable because I mean, I'm sure that one of those two guys is winning MVP this year. Yes. Which one, I don't know. And there will probably be a Canadian civil war over it, but I guess we'll just have to see. Canadian Canadian division is wild, man. Um, I, I guess the other thing too, it's like we talk about how we talk briefly about how they're, they're not playing a whole lot of defense, but also just like, these are also teams that have, guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl. And I know that sounds and Matthews and Marner, right? I know that sounds like, well, of course, that's what we're why we're talking about because they've got the, all those high points totals. But in even even in a regular NHL season, there aren't too many NHL defenses that are going to necessarily be able to slow these guys down anyway. Yeah, and I think pretty much all of them, most of those teams have like a guy or two or three, right? Like Toronto has Matthews, Edmonton has McDavid, even a team like Calgary has Johnny Goudreau. You know, Did you see that move Goudreau put on um, 
the other night in that battle, the other battle for Alberta game. Oh yeah, oh yeah, nasty. Right, but like Vancouver has Elias Patterson, right? Like pretty much everyone other than Montreal and Ottawa has like a guy or a dude, like a capital D dude. Oh, that was the end of that thought. Yeah. Okay. I thought I thought you had more. Yeah, and it's just like these guys are are hard to stop. Anyway, you just throw in the, you know, bad defense, and we'll go with meh goaltending, and it just snowballs from there. And how soon until Nick Suzuki is in the same conversation, or is he already in the same conversation? I don't think so yet, but I mean, we'll see. Obviously, plenty of time for him to get there. And of course, you can't forget about our boy Nick Ellers. Oh, of course. I mean. Nick Ellers is Nick Ellers. He's, I mean, he's the Jets' best player. Might not get all of the uh, hype or, you know, might not have like the the superstar treatment like Shifley gets, (laughs) but uh, shout out that great old Maxime Talbot commercial. But, I mean, Nick Ellers is Nick Ellers, and we love our Danish gold boy. See, this is the, when people keep posting up these, um, Olympics rosters. And I'm just like, ah, Nick Ellers is going to be on Team Denmark. Or I was thinking about um, Timo Meyer, your, your boy, Timo Meyer, being on Team Switzerland. Switzerland like, yeah. can, we, can we get them on more competitive national teams? It's going to be uh, Nico Heeshier and Timo Meyer against the world. How do you think? How do you think Belmar enjoyed that outdoor game? Well, it wasn't a lake, so I'm sure he's still well disappointed. I was just thinking about national players on national teams. I'm like, oh, that's right, Belmar would play for Team France. Well, do you know the you know the, the clip I'm talking about? Oh yeah, oh that's my yeah. It's a fantastic yeah, okay. clip. <laughs> just, the the genuine despair in his no. Yeah. If you it, haven't it, seen it, yeah, you got to find the clip of. Um. Belmar being told that they're not actually playing on the lake, which I don't. I I thought they were going to play in the lake for the longest I, time. I don't think they would ever play on a lake. To be honest, why not? It's probably just a health hazard. If it's safe enough for recreation, do it. Come on, it's a it's a lake. You know, along. California and Nevada in late February. I mean, you know, I don't think I was ever going to be a possibility. Maybe not that lake. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess technically if you put it in the middle of nowhere, Alberta. Figure it out. They could figure it out at some point. I'm sure of it. Jim, anything else on your mind? I did not. All righty then. So... If you haven't already, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at GritPer60Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at BeFarrell727. You can follow Connor on Twitter at TC underscore 904. Thank you for listening and have a good one.